Welcome to the The Adventure Zone Zone, a podcast about the rest of our podcast. We're talking about our own podcasts that we make. It's kind of like Talking Dead if the creators of Walking Dead <laughs> talked about their own show and how dope it was. So it's kind of a snake eating its own tail, but it's also like a snake sucking its own dick. Kind Griffin, of, I love that you're explaining this like... <laughs> Like, we haven't been releasing the the Adventure Zone Zone on every off week since we started uh, the podcast. On the fucking deep web. Yeah, I put it up on the, the Big Gulp RSS feed. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> been getting it, right? Like, I've been putting a lot of work into the the Adventure Zone Zone. Uh, it's Max Fun Drive. Uh, should we introduce ourselves? It must be so, so weird for list- regular listeners to hear us talking with our normal voices. Because <laughs> we always do character <laughs> voices, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I got some surprises for you. So. Oh, wow. I'm really looking forward to it. My name is Justin McElroy. I played the role of Taco. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Travis McElroy, and I inhabit Magnus Burnside's dad. My name is Clint McElroy, and I am Merle Hyde Church. Church. Yep. Church, not Tower. Uh-uh. Uh, I'm, I'm Griffin McElroy, and I play the role of fucking Clark, Gundren, Barry Blue Jeans, Yemek, the director, Killian, Kurtz, uh, Jenkins, Angus, Jess. Uh, Davenport. Davenport. Yeah, that's me. Actually, Davenport, not a lot of people know this, is the guy from Wings. Was Stephen him? Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber? Weber? Travis's friend, Stephen Weber? My Steven, dear, dear friend, Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber does Davenport. Who actually you. knows that this show exists. I told him about it once at a party, and he that's was... Fr- I, I was doubt, about to say I fascinated, but I feel like that's probably not true. I doubt very much that that information maybe stayed up in the, <laughs> yeah. the spongy brain of Stephen Weber. I doubt that information still exists it, it, in his it probably mind didn't, sponge. It probably didn't get past, oh, look, they got those little weenies wrapped in bacon. Yeah, that's probably his priorities. <laughs> yeah, if I'm triaging information for Stephen Weber's brain, I'm tossing out the, event, <laughs> the uh, Dungeons & Dragons podcast in flavor of pork wrap pork. Um... <laughs> Uh, so this is going to be weird. I didn't. I was so excited to do the the Adventure Zone Zone because like I I think there's a market here for po- after podcast discussion shows. But typically in this type of medium, it's not the people who make the shit talking about their own shit. Right. Well, can I, can I make a suggestion? Please do. What if we just kind of took turns asking each other questions and having some audience questions? And try until we hit on like a conversation nugget, and then yeah, we mined it for all it was worth. Let's dig for well, that nug. I do. I do want to talk though. It is the Max Fun Drive. That is why we're doing this mid yeah, midweek episode. Um, Max Fun Drive. We are a a member of the Maximum Fun organization. We have been for a very long time. We we joined them with my brother, my brother and me in 2010, 2011? 2011. Um, and we've been a, a, a happily been a member for years. Uh, this this network and the people who listen to it and donate to it have supported us and allowed us to branch out and do new stuff like the Adventure Zone. Like straight up, the Adventure Zone 
it takes a lot of time to make and we kind of knew it would from the beginning and we just we wouldn't be able to do that if if it was not for the the donations and support so like we we're going to talk about the max fund drive and how great it is to be a part of the network but like this this show this thing you're listening to with your ears right now would not exist if it was not for uh the maximum fund community and the max fund drive uh, so just to give you a, a quick rundown here, we'll get more into this later, but, um, if you'd like to, to give to the network, if you'd like, if you listen to just our show or a few shows on max fun, um, you can go to maximumfund.org forward slash donate. Um, we got several different levels for you. Uh, I want to talk to you. Let me just pick one at random here. Let me tell you about the $20 a month level. If you can pledge $20 a month, uh, for, for the shows that you listen to. Uh, on on maximum fun. Here's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get the Max Fun Adventure Necessities Kit. That is a uh, 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 sort of a multi tool, a paracord bracelet, uh, some toilet tissue in like a travel container, Ooh. and a hot cocoa mix. Um, and and you're also gonna get a bandana with the original designs from your favorite uh, podcast on the network, whichever podcast you pick. I'm you gonna I'm gonna design. assume. I'm going to assume you'll pick the Adventure Zone, and our bandana looks dope as fuck. It's a really good bandana. But maybe most fun of all is you are going to get um, the uh, an archive, access to a, a Maximum Fun archive that has uh, so much bonus content. It is, a, it is mar- a fucking National Treasure Book of Secrets dungeon. Of radio content, I I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say I think it's 75 hours worth yeah, of it's, material. It's several days, not worth just of, of our show. Not there's not 75 hours of adventures in out here. That would be no, nice. no. But there is. I'm very very excited, and I hope that you donate so you can listen to I DM'd a, ne- a bonus episode of the Adventure Zone where we created a whole new world, all new characters. Um, played through a puzzle dungeon. It was my first time ever DMing ever in my life, and it was incredibly fun. And I'm pretty proud of the way it turned out. So I hope everybody gets to check it out. We call and it you did a great job, son. You Thank did a you, wonderful Dad. Job. Finally, he's proud of me. <laughs> I've done it. I'm I'm also just, s- I've waited for you to say those words, Dad. I'm also Sing, s- Papa. Can you hear me? No, I'm just, I'm just psyched that somebody else on this podcast now knows how fucking hard this is. It's uh, so fucking hard. Yeah, you it's guys. really tough. Anyway, we call it the Adventure Zone. Are we calling it the Adventure Zone Steam or the Adventure Zone Nights? I kind of like the Adventure Zone Nights. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're trying to also figure out. We should talk about this now too. It it was a lot of fun, and we really liked that world, and we didn't want to just like suspend it and then maybe return to it after we we're done with this campaign, after the 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 core Adventure Zone campaign. Um, so. Do we want to commit to this right now? Do we want to yeah, fucking throw our hat over the it. fence? I want to commit to if we hit the max fund goal of five thousand new and upgrading donors, we will do at least three more um, Adventure Zone Nights bonus episodes this year. Uh, now those will be only available to donors. Yeah. So if you want to hear them, you're going to have to donate. But we um, will do more Adventure Zone Nights. The cool thing is, if you donate just five dollars a month. For like the shows that you listen to on the network, even if you're just listening to our shows, it's like two hours of the podcasting fun. More than five that, bucks a month. Like I think it's pretty good. Yeah, because uh, you also get the stuff from that we did last year, which includes the live show that we did at. LA well, Podcast. I meant like two two hours a month of this show for five bucks. It yeah, seems sure. like a pretty good. You'd deal pay more than me. that to see Deadpool, and we yeah, break the fourth more. wall way more than he does. That's yeah. true, and we say especially if you win every day, we make yeah. a lot more jokes about 
wieners and boobs. Well, Maximumfun.org forward slash donate is that address. We'll talk more about that in a second. First, I'd like to hear a question from Dad. Okay. How do you play uh, Dungeons and Dragons? I still don't get it. I'm still so confused. How do dice work? Help me, boys. Help me, boy. Oh, boys, I swallowed all my dice. Oh, what no. am I rolling? Oh, dang. I got all my dice down in my pooper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the first five checked off. <laughs> I just want to go ahead and like raise a concern that I swallowed all my dice and now they're stuck in my pooper is not really a question as much as it is like sort of a cry for help. Yeah. Well, it is, but Declarative? it's so obvious. <laughs> no, it's not a question at all, Dad. There was no interrogative statement. It's fact. You swallowed all true. your dice and they're stuck in is your the, pooper. Is the question, did I swallow all my dice and now they're stuck in my pooper? The answer is yes. All right, here's the first one. Off to a great start with this one. Griffin... Yep. Any advice for new GMs? Apparently, general managers. Game new, Griffin, new Griffin McElroy's. Game master. I am running my first campaign. Longtime player, first time DM. And this is like a talk show. And anything you might have would be helpful. Lindsay is, is asking that. What kind of advice would you have for GMs, which I can only... Game no, master. Game no, master. No, game, game master is like how you would refer to it on like an MMO. Like an M- somebody who works and like an MMO and like logs in and I don't, stuff. Where I don't really understand. Like for games like so, there's there's lots of other RPGs out there. There's there's stuff like Pathfinder and uh, uh, I I mean uh, oh shit Shadow Shadowrun is another one. Um, there's there's like a ton of these uh, pen and paper RPGs and most of them use the term game master, not dungeon master, which I get right. Like I I think maybe we should adopt this terminology because how many fucking dungeons have you boys been in? That's no, true. Just the one, one right. Well, I guess we're kind of in like an expansive dungeon. The whole world's a now. dungeon, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. true. And wow. it's a vampire. Yeah. 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 I, it's funny you say that. I, I get books sent to me for uh, Polygon stuff, because I, I write about D&D sometimes for Polygon, and so the Wizards of the Coast folks send me those books. Maybe it's for this podcast. I don't know. I've never really stopped to ask, but they just- I get them, a- too, and I don't write for oh, really? anybody. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Okay, did you get Curse of Straw? There's a new, like- No. They have these, like, campaign books that they send out, and then, like, you're just supposed to read them. And it's, re- it's a really interesting way of doing it, and I, I like Peru them although i haven't like straight up lifted anything from them but they have like campaigns uh arranged in these books and you like read them and then you use them to lead uh your players through these campaigns and the most recent one they sent out is the curse of strahd which is basically like uh basically like quest for glory 4 the shadows of darkness where you're it's just like everything man frankenstein's vampires all that shit spooky stuff um I that has nothing to do with anything. It's just you mentioning vampires made me think of it. Um, Can I just say if we could have a campaign where we meet a Frankenstein and I a Frankenstein's monster? Uh, no, a Frankenstein. No, a Frankenstein. Vic, let's meet Victor. Okay. Um, or like I, uh, any Frankenstein, like his cousin Stephen Frankenstein, <laughs> Alan Frankenstein. <laughs> Please, uh, Doctor Frankenstein was my father. Come on in. I dro- I dropped out of med school. It was a little intense. <laughs> I'm more of a musician. Do you like Griffin, the oboe? Like, if Griffin could just answer the question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No jokes. One um, piece of advice. I can't. Like, it's 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 hard to say because what, what, what I do and what we do here in the show, like, I think is actually pretty different from what most Dungeon Master, Game Master people are going to be doing, like, just playing around a table with their friends because... And we talked about this before. Um, the the folks who run like the official D and D podcast had me on as a guest a couple months ago, and I, I talked at length about this because like I don't think I do a lot of like proper DMing because this thing is uh, as as much as it is a like actual play podcast. Um, like it's also a very storytelling heavy podcast, and so there's there is like. 
there's a lot of narrative going on and not of not a lot of like for instance long battles like when i used to play D with a group in ohio when i was living in cincinnati uh we would get together and then like one night one two hour session of us hanging out would just be like we get through a single big battle and if we did that well that was also fourth edition though when we used to fourth edition yeah it was it was like fourth edition was more of a tactics tabletop board game fifth edition is is more like about i think more about like you know creative solutions to problems and stuff like that which does move things along a little bit faster that's right trap but like i i i you guys don't get into that many fights in this podcast, right? And and when you do, they typically don't, aren't prolonged. I, as a rule, I try and keep them shorter than at least half the length of the episode because I don't think there's anything like particularly interesting about just getting into a big long fight. Um, do you guys yeah, agree I, with that? Like, I'm curious. I'm curious yeah. how you guys feel about that. We've never really talked. And we about don't. It before. Well, we we don't really look for conventional solutions. Yeah, to our that's fights. true. Like, like Gary was on our dick about how he, there was a big barrel. That red barrel. Oh my god! Is the albatross around our yeah, neck? And people were like, "Why? Why didn't they do it?" And like, some people were like, "Some people thought that they like it was like a uh, we were working around it, like from a creative strategic. Like, I mean, or we just didn't think that that was the right. Like, we just didn't listen. Yeah. Like, some, like, <laughs> Like a lot of times, you just don't listen. We're not is, good at this. It I, is really, actually, genuinely kind of tough to, and I'm sure Griffin's doing the same thing to, to many times over. But it is tough to balance. Like there are a lot of times where, like, if I was trying to win an encounter, I would I would do different things than I do on the show because yeah. it's like really hard to find a balance between like okay, I have to find something that's like funny or entertaining to do. Yeah. But, like, makes yeah. sense from a gameplay perspective. In real life, when I've played D&D outside of this show, the number of times that I've said, okay, tell me again. And if you take the number of times I do that actually on this show, multiply that by, like, ten. Because I'll make oh, the God, DM just, like, describe the setup over and over again. And then so I, I can do things like pick out, like, yeah, oh, I'm so supposed hard. to do this. It is so hard. I'm, like, really genuinely, like, really bad at, like, in imagining environments yeah. in my head like and, and holding like i think maybe the part of your brain that thinks of dumb shit to say maybe the same part of your brain that imagines <laughs> fantasy world yeah. cuz like i can't keep two of them spinning at the same time yeah. um so like well, th- all 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 of this is to say that we do a lot i i do, i do a lot of stuff in the planning of the the campaign and stuff um to make it interesting radio um, and I, that you don't have to do that when you're playing around a table and it did not, I'm, I'm saying one is not better or worse than the other. It's just like a different thing. It, some of the like people who have gotten more frustrated with our show, which is like totally fine. It, it's all an expectations thing because if you expect us to just like play straight D and D, then I, I imagine this podcast would actually be kind of disappointed. You, you, the only like, it's just a different thing. And I think there's something really entertaining about, uh, honestly, that type of game where we, the, the more actual play rules heavy stuff, we can't do that remotely. I, I honest to God don't think we could because uh, so. the, the amazing stuff that happens, like the, the, my entry into D and D was the, was the, uh, Wizards of the Coast Penny Arcade sessions that they would do. And, like, at times, it would be hysterical when somebody, like, rolls a critical miss on, like, the final hit against the boss and everything just goes shitty. Like, that's that's some of the funniest shit ever. And uh, you don't get that when you're playing remotely. So, like, yeah. we have to do that, too. So, and, uh, I have not answered your question even remotely. Like, I think I think the most important thing for you to do is to just have a 
the way I've structured this is to have a broad arc with micro arcs inside of it. And just sort of like structuring it out like that is really helpful um, because then you 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 can let those micro arcs be inspired by anything. Like Rachel and I watched all of the Fast and the Furious movies. We bought the whole collection on Blu-ray and just like burned through them in a weekend. That was Pedals to the Metal. A lot of people thought it was Mad Max. I was actually, I had written that like way before we had seen Mad Max, although certainly the similarities were there. It was all like, it was specifically the fucking scene where Vin Diesel jumps out of the car to catch Letty in the air. Y'all know I'm talking about Fast, I, fast I do, 6. yes. Like, I saw that shit, and I was like, bidding. Like, that's it. That Literally, that one moment from one Fast and the Furious movie was like, okay, I'm going to do a whole arc about this. And then once all you need is that one, like, foothold, and, and literally the rest of the thing just sort of writes itself around it. I, I, I think just, like, not... not <sighs> Not adhering to the books. Like, read read the books if you want. Buy the starter set and just read. There's basically, essentially, a magazine-sized, like, uh, starter for the Fandling campaign, which I'm really happy we used because, like, I was so nervous. I had no idea what I was doing. I had nothing written out when we started. I was just going straight off that book. And three episodes in, I had I had a lot of stuff down. Um, so like, I don't think there's any problem with like starting out with somebody else's stuff and then spiraling off into your own thing. Um, but don't also don't feel like you have to adhere to like the, the book so completely, uh, both in terms of like the plot and also like the setting and tone, like the and, like the, monsters and stuff. Do you yeah. like adjust that? I don't like, use anything. Thing. I don't use anything from like the monster manual. I make all that shit up from whole cloth because it's easy. It's just like you come up with a thing and then you plug some numbers into it. It's easy as hell to come up with your own stuff. And, and uh, I think just sort of coming up with an idea and letting that be inspired by literally anything. Like uh, this this whole Crystal Kingdom arc, I was watching uh, Alien and Aliens. And the idea, and it's kind of spiraled off into something different even from, from what that was, but I like the idea of this like sci-fi setting where you guys were being pursued. That was like literally the whole impetus for, for Crystal Kingdom and the fact that I really wanted to use a Vocaloid voice. But that's what I'm talking about. Like those were two, that was because the Vocaloid stuff was, I was listening to a lot of uh, Porter Robinson uh, who who has an album called uh, Worlds that has like Vocaloids in every track and it's awesome. It's like one of my favorite albums maybe ever. And like listening to that, I got inspired to do a Vocaloid voice and that inspired this arc too. So like, and he just, was also one of the greatest artists ever on the Grand Old Opry. No, he used that's to different. team up with Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly and, Parton uh, and Hatsune Miku and would Porter get together Davidson. and yeah. do some beautiful duets. Can I, can I ask? I have a question for Dad and Justin. Can I ask? Certainly, go right ahead. Um, so this, Justin, you had played once before, and Dad, this was your first foray into Dungeons and Dragons. When you approached character creation, what what inspired you to make your characters the way that you did, both in like personality and like the way that you decided to like play them? Well, for me, I'll, yeah, I had never played D anD D before, which always. It shocks me how surprised people are when they hear that. Well, you're, you're a just big a old big Dorcas. fucking nerd. I know, and I wear it proudly. Um, but I, but I've also played a lot of fantasy based video gaming, and a lot of. And I've been a I've been playing WoW for you know like. Let's. I I want to specifically years. ask about WoW. Do you feel like that? I, when I started playing D anD D fourth edition, I was amazed because it was that it was that was my first time playing D anD D. I was amazed at how much like video games have cribbed from this system that has evolved over oh, yeah. time, but, like, there's some stuff in here that is just, like, well, that's in every video game. Well, and yeah. I've been playing, though, I mean, I was playing Zork. Yeah, and Ultima it, and all When those. it first came out. And and I think you learn a lot of things at a real basic level, such as when you guys started talking about the, the roles you wanted to play and what kind of characters you wanted to play, I mean, it became real obvious that we were going to need a 
healer type. Um, so that was, you know, I started from there and then I kind of, I kind of looked at and saw the other races we had and we wanted to try something a little different and, if memory serves, uh, and, you you and Justin kind of re-rolled at the end of the first arc because you mostly used like the pre-generated sheets, but then after playing for a bit and you got really into the player's handbook, you like figured out that you wanted it. The, yeah. the whole nature thing was not how you started, but it's where you are now, and I'm really glad. And, like, that's my favorite thing. And about it's like role. we and it's like we said before. You know what we're trying to do is not necessarily be overpowering the best players, winning all the time, overpowering every battle. We're looking for scenarios that are. Fun and interesting, and yeah. I mean, and it's a different kind of fun. It's I mean, because really, three players is not a full team. You're supposed to have four, right. four, like we, five, so we don't, yeah. we don't really have enough to like ball, you know, bruise in and like smash apart everything. Sure. And I think that, and I think that I really, it really came home when, um, when we created the new characters for the 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 Steam universe. That, that really, was fucking great. Yeah. Then that, it was fun. Then it was. I it felt it was a little bit more liberated. It was a little bit more, you know, uh, okay, what do you want to do that'll be fun? And I think that's where we came up with those characters. Um, Justin, I have a, what about uh, Taco? I want to know about Taco's inception, creation, everything. Okay. So Taco is is a character uh, that I play on the Adventure Zone uh, who I largely improvised everything about Taco. Including the name. <laughs> including his name as he was created. Um, and I started doing the voice for him. Um, uh, and like, I don't know where the voice, it was basically my friend, Michael Beck. Oh my Uh, God. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Michael Beck voice. Yeah. Um, and so my friend, Michael Beck is taco or it's like his voice is taco. So I'm basically (laughs) just doing Michael Beck's voice for taco. Um, uh, Sorry, but, this is this is an amazing revelation for me, and I yeah, imagine for great. the audience too that there's somebody who exists and lives in the real physical world that we all know, who kind of sounds like Taco a bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's basically he doesn't like really act like Taco, but um, no, he's not really an elf wizard. I want to make that clear. I had wanted to, um, I had wanted to play with Taco's like sexuality, like not in a in a way that was like particularly prominent in the story but in my mind when i was like doing the character and like had taco's like story in my head taco was was a gay guy and i i don't know why that's just how it always seemed to me and then when we brought up the when when we were going to bring it up in an episode uh griffin made the point that like hey the that backstory combined with the voice you are doing makes it seem like you're doing like a stereotypically effeminate gay character which is which didn't occur to me because you I was just, just thinking doing, I'm doing Michael Beck's fun. I'm voice. just doing Michael Beck's voice, who is <laughs> who is not a gay fella. So I I did not it did not occur to me that like the two combined like oh I I could see where he was coming from, but like in 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 so that that is sort of like the weird backstory behind Taco and 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 I did you know it's part of why I wanted to play a woman character in uh the uh, or not a woman female like not to get too right. fringy but she's thoth so she's not a woman uh uh you know i wanted to i, I like the idea of playing somebody who's really different from me and has like a different perspective you do that in video games a lot too like we were playing division together and you were playing as a as a black woman and like just any i feel like anytime you get a, the chance to make a character in a video game you usually like don't make it look like justin i just don't see the point in that like what's you the get point? to be the justin all- every day can I be honest? A, a lot of it deals with the fact that in 
uh, almost all character creation generators, um, I can't make an overweight character. And I don't feel like if I'm going to try to represent my, like if I'm going to try to recreate myself yeah. on the screen, I don't want to create like an idealized fake ass version of myself. So I'd rather just like play a beautiful black woman who like, who's great at shooting guns at people. Like, yeah. That sounds amazing too. It's so funny to hear Justin talk about creating Taco because I spent so much time creating like an intricate backstory. <laughs> you for did. Magnus. You, you the, sent the Magnus Bible about one I, weekend. It was like four pages long. Griffin nixed it because I made it way too dramatic. It was and extremely serious. dark, like extremely, 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 but like, like dark that, and that serious. Was and... How much thought I put into the character, and so very little of it has ever come up. But like that was my like I know Magnus, and then I honestly once we started playing, kind of felt restricted by it. And people have commented like I thought he was supposed to be like lawful good, and I was like yeah, but that's not a lot of people ask how about I to play it. A lot of people ask about our um, alignment or your guys' alignment. It's like part of What's the alignment. The, yeah, exactly. Like that's part of the running commentary uh, in in stuff like the. I feel like the Reddit. It's like way more into like talking about how we navigate the the like rules and ideas of the of the D and D books, and this idea of like, well, I don't understand. Like, are they lawful evil? Like they're just murdering people that they didn't really need to murder. There's and it's like that. I don't. I don't. I think that's a weird thing. D and D fifth edition also introduces. Um, this table of characteristics that is like, uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like flaws and yeah, uh, backstory. And, and, uh, it, but flaws, it's supposed beliefs. to like summarize your character in these four sentences, talking about like their ideals, their flaws, and then I don't, I don't understand why you have to put that shit on your you know, character I, sheet because I it just seems Griffin, like brand cuffs. You know, I just assume that it was like for people who were like, I'm not good at creating a person out of nothing. Yeah. I need some kind of skeleton to build off because it gives you, that's where like the option of like folk hero came from, you know, because that sure. idea of like, oh, and like, I did it because I like to exercise every option that's given to me and carry. So when it's like, do you want to trinket? I'm like, yeah, fuck, fuck yeah, yeah, I want to trinket. trinket. Yeah. But then like I start playing and I'm like, oh, I'm going to ignore half of this yeah. because well, it's not interesting to me to be like, I'm lawful good. So at every option So I have I to have, be good every time. Yeah, I, yeah. Like that's not fun. Yeah. I think part of it is also the, I, I, it's to sort of chain yourself from like keep yourself from doing what you would instinctually do yeah because like my characters like like it is not necessarily what i would be doing you know what i mean like but to to have some guideline that you yourself have to be beholden to that this idea that character is something as immutable as height or skin color i mean it's why i stuck with magnus rushes in and i'm i try so hard not to be a puzzle solver problem solver as magnus because that's what i travis mcelroy love to do the characteristics i feel like that these characters have have developed um and magnus you've had the magnus rushes in thing for a, a, a while now and i feel like that's still your sort of defining like thoughtless action like total reflexive response like that that's been sort of good to go from the beginning um like merle i really like how merle has become like this weirdly irreverent cleric like yep. when when he discovers like boylan's dead body like he cracks a joke and that's the first thing he does and also he has this weird sexual relationship with plants like i that- look at myself as a lapsed cleric okay so, and yeah. i love that and taco like taco hangs back taco's good back here like that is great like you guys have these characteristics that i feel like are really great that wouldn't 
fit on a character sheet. I want to hear another question from Dad. Okay, this t- kind of ties in with what we've been talking about. Uh, there's kind of a running thread that runs through a lot of these questions, and I think and outside of, well, I think maybe applying to you and me, Juice, that, that, that feels like we have had a lot more <laughs> thought going into this than we yeah. have, is Taco, this comes from Jeff, Jet, I'm sorry, is Taco eventually discovering the recipe for tacos somehow the key to defeating a really, really big-ass boss, whoever he or she may be? And if so, can this really, really big-ass boss be a representative of some sort of okay. rival food style, such as Italian or American cuisine? Okay. Can we talk? Listen, can we, the taco right. thing. Okay, the, taco the taco thing. thing. Let's talk about the taco okay, thing. Okay, let's, 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 let's dive into fucking Taco Gate. Because Justin, okay. ju- I didn't, I edit the show. It is uh, the most intensive edit between both the audio and the video shit I do. Like, I, when I edit Monster Factory, that is a half hour production cut down from usually like two and a half hours of video. And like everything that goes into video editing, the Adventure Zone is still a rougher edit than that. Um, <laughs> just because there's a lot of, let's call them optimization points. And not whoopsie daisies and uh ohs and long pauses while we look up rules and shit. Uh, but there's also a lot of overtalk we do on the show because there's fucking four of us, which is a gaggle of people. And during the hodgepodge bit, I think we actually got a bunch of questions about this for the the Adventure Zone Zone too. So let's address it now. Uh, Justin asked about tacos. Taco asked about tacos. Uh, and the reason that we didn't respond isn't because like tacos don't exist in the world i mean to op- to op- to open things up a bit if i introduce this planar system that our real world is a part of like they do exist in our world right i can go eat a real taco whenever i want so they do exist that's not oh, la dee da i'm just <laughs> I'm saying, well i live in austin you couldn't right now could you tough I, guy go, ahead, I, go get a taco you think yeah. you're so big eating I fucking, tacos whenever you want i live in austin i could open up the window in my office right now and stick my head out and open my mouth and i'd probably catch a taco in it they deliver tacos to your door like the milkman so the reason, I, the reason I cut that out isn't for any narrative purposes. It was literally because Dad and Travis also both asked a question at the same fucking time. <laughs> and ju- like Justin didn't circle back to it. And Travis's question was the more pertinent, like relative, relevant, like puzzle solving. And I don't think I thing. asked him about tacos. It was something. I think it was like ground beef. It was cows, wasn't shells. it? Yeah. Something, I, no, like, I, yeah. Um, I, no, it was. It, it, the thing about the taco thing was this is a dumbass fucking dumb, dumb joke. That it, that I that I came up with like in, in the moment, and I think uh, a few problems with returning to that particular thread are one, I don't remember which ones I have. <laughs> you have sour, cre- you got sour cream. You have the concept of grinding. Um, There's I cheese. Think you have the word cheese, but you don't understand what it means. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people. This might be news to a lot of people who haven't listened to. Uh, the LA Live show, which is a uh, bonus episode uh, that you can get if you are a Maximum Fun donor at at least the $5 level. Uh, shells. MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Yeah, shells. Because you destroyed yeah, a, a turtle uh, with a fireball and you got hot meat in a shell. So it's like pretty close. You're getting I mean, pretty close, actually. Pretty I close. Yeah, but you know what? It has turned into something. We don't want to abandon it. The no. thing is, if if we had... Okay, so this is the really hard thing about this. The Adventure Zone is is a sort of a collaborative storytelling yeah. show in part. It's also though a story that Griffin has composed, right? right? Griffin does know the structure of this. So like things like this, if we were to ever have some like big payoff for the taco thing, 
it would have to be something that Griffin and I came up with together without without talking about it because I can't reveal that yeah. to you. Yeah, like it would have to be something that Griffin and I somehow like simpatico or Griffin like opened the door for me to do and right. I like inevitably missed it. Which is something like I I feel like conceptually we have kind of butted heads on this not without like us any of us like actively you know, fighting about it, but it it is really, I want you guys to be a part of shaping this story. I really do. And there have been times where like your decisions have changed things, both on the like micro arc to arc and the macro, like whole campaign scale. It's really fucking hard guys. Cause it's like just writing the thing is hard, right? Like coming up with an idea is really, really hard. I think it's, I've never written fiction before in my life. I think this is the, probably the most interesting way to start it because you're not just writing a story. You're writing a story where the fucking characters in your story are at times fighting against the well, ends that you are trying to design. And it's there's the, an even deeper layer than that, Griffin, where the characters are created to want to do stuff and the players know stuff that the characters don't. So, like... I would do something, but Magnus would do something different because of the character I've created. And, right. You know what I mean? So you have to deal with both me and the character. It's like J.K. Rowling writing Harry Potter, but then like Hermione was like, you know what? I don't go in that door. It's like, well, fuck. Okay, well, shit. There was some dope stuff behind that door. I guess I got to write another thing. Like, that's that's what we're dealing with. So like the taco thing, I, 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 I have – it is a part of my plan on a long-form thing – I want. I don't want you to give up on it. It's just like it's it's hard incorporating that stuff fluidly into the the stuff that I have have also prepared. Right. Let's get another question. All right, here, let's do nuts and bolts a little bit. Quick question for Travis. This is from Jesse. Thank you, Jesse, for taking time out from all of your many podcasts. Quick question for Travis. Have you considered buying more types of weapons when you come up against a creature resistant to say slashing? You could drop the axe and equip a warhammer or spear, Jesse asks. Um, we don't buy a lot. Of, well, I guess in the fantasy Costco, right? Yeah, we could. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this. It's one of those things where up till now, we've been moving forward pretty well. Like, I, I know I like to joke about the fact that I don't have any magical spells. In fourth edition, they gave, like, fighters... Everyone, everyone was a wizard in fourth edition. Yeah, like, everybody you had, had the equivalent of, powers. like, magic fighting spells right. all the time. And I don't usually play a fighter, like, in anything. I'm almost usually always a rogue. a rogue. Yeah, yeah, almost always a rogue. So... I'm never really that bothered by like, oh, I tried to cut him with my axe and he's resistant to like hacking damage. Um, because then it's just that's the that's the twist. Also, it's important to note that I've never felt like Griffin was playing against me as DM when it was like, okay, your axe doesn't do it. It's not like petty. It's not like no, your axe what doesn't I, do what anything. I, what I appreciate and what I actually really love about fifth edition is the class isn't called warrior. It's not called fucking strongman. It's called fighter. Yeah. And what's great about that is, yeah, they're the best at fighting. And that's yeah. not like in, in, in fourth edition, to go back to that, like anybody could do like a bunch of damage in combat. By the time that the, the fighter reaches like, I think it's like 14th level, they get to do three attacks in a single turn. They're wicked fucking good at fighting. And I like that. Like, not and I get special fighting skills that right. are like, okay, but I, now you do something. And but come what I think with is, me. what I think is interesting is I think uh, a lot of RPGs are, uh, like everybody can do anything in combat everybody which i always thought was kind of selling a short shrift to the like 
fighting classes of like, well, they should be the best at fighting. And what I like about fifth edition is like, unarguably, the fighter's the best at fighting. They don't have as much utility like outside of combat. And I think fifth edition kind of shines outside of combat a lot of the time. But if you get into a fight, like the fighter is going to lead shit and be really, really good at fighting. Yeah. Um, In terms of the other weapon stuff, like... I guess part of that is on me, although, like, I feel like Rail Splitter is so iconic now. Like, like well, you look at also, any piece of I, fan I, art with the Magnus The thing is, is, like, I, it's it's kind of nice compared to 4th Edition, because in 4th Edition, there were so many options yeah. that you could do as a fighter that, like, I felt like it kind of bogged stuff down a lot of the Fights time. Fights took so fucking long in 4th Edition. Because you had to worry about, like, well, when do I use my daily? When do I use right. my encounter power? Oh, should I use it against this person? Well, what is it in con- And now it's just like, okay, I'm going to tackle that dude and try to right. punch him in the face. And also because 4th Edition was kind of designed to be played on a board like a board game, well, movement was a huge thing. Like there were yeah. powers, there were lots of powers based around like slowing enemies' movement or increasing your own movement or or freezing them in place so that they couldn't be in the the proper position. I don't worry about movement. It was the thing I struggled the most with in like trying to figure out how we would do this show remotely. We don't even like screen share a a game board. Although there's some really cool tools to use that do stuff like that, like Roll Twenty and. Um, tabletop simulator there's like some really cool stuff although i doubt that we could like work that into our workflow we, which is we don't pretty, even keep our character sheets right it's pretty date, fucking you know? some of us do <laughs> well actually i mean what would be great is that those systems actually do that stuff for you but i, I think it'd be tricky for us to like gather around computer software and do the stuff that we're doing normally um but i also like how we don't get bogged down in stuff like position and movement and and all that all that jazz which um, again that that harkens back to it's great when you're playing in person you're playing with yeah. each other that is that is kind of awesome because then you're seeing it all right we're working through an audio uh medium and so it we we and we need to keep it moving so yeah we, it's it, one of the reasons i get asked all the time why we don't go to the store and why we don't have to stop and eat and why we don't stop and get well that's water just and, like that that's like i we talked about that episode one there's so much uh-huh. stuff we, we got a question about that too like i noticed that you guys don't follow like a lot of the uh a lot of the rules in the book and specifically <laughs> stuff around like ammunition stuff like um there are most spell components spell components right there there are ritual spells um that you can cast by using spell components which we need to talk about this boys because it might actually change the game for you too um you can cast rituals using those components without having to burn a spell slot hey eh. that's good to know what's um, a spell slot yeah, yeah. exactly like yeah. there's there's so much stuff that we don't do because i think in terms of it being a like resource management game i think it could be interesting like you have to survive this harsh world. So like, yeah, instead of just like getting you straight to the dungeon by shooting you there literally out of a fucking story cannon, um, you have to like walk there. And along the way, you got to forest forage for berries. Like I can see how that could be cool, but, but all of that is fun is like an immersive group of people getting together once a week in like your right. living room. I don't yeah. know that it would be super interesting, especially since one of the things that I've liked most about the adventure zone is we've seen a lot of people say I've never played before, or I never had an interest in dungeons and dragons. Yeah. And then I started listening to your show and it's kind of made me want to play it because yeah. I think we we don't so much worry about the mechanics. Like I get asked constantly about like rolling and about my seeming. We have a question. We have a question. We can, we can address right now of how many times you fudge your numbers about fudging numbers. Um, the question about fudging numbers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, Oh, like how much of the, Oh, actually, you know what? We should stop and do a, uh, 
Let's let's talk okay, about the teaser. Play charts. You're going to hear about me fudging numbers right yeah, after yeah, we're this gonna play get to, We're going to talk about that. We're going to get to Travis' <laughs> right after the break. 20-sided die that has 18 18s on it here in a minute. But um, <laughs> before that, let's talk about uh, what is what is being on the Max Fun Network mean? Um, for for us, like we started, we joined the network in 2011. They uh, 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 picked us up after what, like 30 episodes of My Brother, mm-hmm. My Brother and Me. It was <laughs> they got in on the ground floor, um, and because the of bad the, floor. Huh? The bad, the bad, shaky, rotten floor, uh, and because of the support that we've gotten from the network and from uh, the the listeners who donate every Max Fun Drive, which we only do once a year, runs for two weeks, uh, we've been able to do things like live shows. We've done like fucking twenty five live shows for my brother, and my brother and me. We did our first live Adventure Zone last year. We've launched other podcasts like the Adventure Zone, like uh, Sawbones, like Bunker Buddies, like Schmanners. Um, we, we're able to like dedicate more time and resources to it because of the support that we get from from you all. Um, and if we weren't a part of this network, we'd probably just still be doing fucking my brother, my brother, and me, just with rock band microphones. And and, and no joke, it like over the five years of being on Max Fun, I this is my full time job because yeah. of listeners and donors and supporters like you. And it, and Travis and but Travis is poor. And he yeah, has he, to fix he that. has a horrible lifestyle. He has a horrible. I live lifestyle. in a box here in Los Angeles, but it's he a super a nice box. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, fourteen hundred dollars a month. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's actually LA, underselling a, the price, but thank you. That's an LA rent joke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's an amazing and not and it's not only great for the support and the ability that we've had to be able to grow the shows financially, but also just like the listener community of Max Fun is intensely supportive and yeah. wonderful and it's like the be- it's the best in the world like uh, justin and i both work in the video game uh industry which has l- some let's call it troublesome sects inside of it uh and that just doesn't exist here because it's the, it's the it's the just across the board it is the coolest community of people ever was that sex yeah yeah it nope. has some bad there are bad sex in the no so, as your father, I want you to immediately leave. So, here's the thing: it's if a you, weird punishment, Dad. <laughs> if you are a fan of our shows, um, Adventure Zone, and everything else on the network, you could become a donor for as low as five dollars a month. Yep. Which it, it's a really good entry point, I think, because five dollars a month to me is like one nice cup of like cappuccino or something at a at a fancy coffee shop. And for joining at that level, you get. Uh, what I think is the absolute best reward, which is hundreds of, of uh, well, not maybe not hundreds, dozens and dozens and dozens of episodes of all of the podcasts at Maximum Fun, including three bonus Adventure Zone episodes. Uh, the one that Travis led, we did have the LA Live show where the boys have a beach vacation, kind of. And then the prequel episode, which I don't know that we've ever talked about, where you guys uh, uh, first meet. Um, well, we should, of course, Dad, Dad and I like remembered all of it. Like, yeah. it's a, it's part of our. It's um, on canon. Yeah. Well, that is where well, we yeah. learn about Taco's backstory uh, of right. being a traveling uh, chef entertainer who accidentally poisoned a whole town. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, That's yeah. like my favorite we, taco backstory thing like ever. I don't. I mean, I. I this is going to sound. I'm fucking with you, but like, I, I do. I mean, that is that's a big part of why Taco is. The way he is, yeah, like he's kind of a self-preservation. We try to keep this. We try to keep like the LA Podfest. I don't think there's much like overarching character development stuff that happens in in that one. Um, but there was cool giant stuff. crows though. Cool I stuff, think. Yeah. yeah, there's there's cool stuff in it. But I try to keep the story stuff out as much as we can. I think that prequel episode there is uh, I, there's some there's some interesting character development, like background stuff, stuff that is maybe not not is germane to the 
to the whole arc because it takes place like way before it. But um, some some and, interesting stuff about your guys' character. And you now, can get you, that at Fred's Lowe's five dollars a month. Yeah, um, get access to all of that. And remember, our goal is five thousand new and upgrading donors. Um, if Max Fun hits that, it'll be awesome. And if we, if Max Fun hits it, we're going to try to release more of the Adventure Zone Nights now, episodes. We talked about twenty dollars a month, Dad. Can you tell? What about ten dollars a month? Well, ten dollars a month. Yeah, ten dollars a month. You can get the Max Fun bananas. Uh, these are the no, daddy, 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 bananas, no, daddy. Oh yeah, but bandanas, bandanas. Um, like uh, yeah, a Max Fun bandanas. Twenty two. Di- I knew. I, I was know. Joking. Hey, this is profession. another behind the scenes thing. Sometimes yeah. Dad so, pretends so, to hey, be welcome there, to, but welcome he's not. To, welcome to the the dad joke zone. Zone. Either Dad thought that was funny, or he thought it said bananas. Both equally troubling was it not <laughs> funny uh all the art by megan lynn not uh, so it is really really cool and you get to pick the uh, the show you want so i guess we know which one you're going to pick the judge john uh, hodgman up, yeah up to up to 20 uh we talk about 20 let's talk about 35 Okay, 35. All right, 35. Oh, this is pretty cool this is a travel tumbler it's a vacuum thermos uh and when you go with uh with 35 dollars a month that max fun thermos is there for you to drink your frosty beverages or your hot beverages. It's got a rocket your ship. Hot or your adult beverages. Put it's your got adult a, beverages. It in has there, a which, rocket ship on it, which, as you all know, makes the, the fluid inside taste way better. Yeah, and it has fire coming out of the bottom for the hot beverages, and it's going into the cold vacuum of space, so it takes care of your cold beverages. Exactly. Too. And Dad, it's important uh, to note that every level you donate at, you get everything below it. So at 35, you get the thermos, you get the adventure kit, you get the bandana, and all the bonus content. Yes. M- more importantly, though, like, you, you, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I can't rank your, your priorities, but, like, you also support us and uh, just feel a sense of ownership over this thing. Like, we are all donors to the Maximum Fund Network, which is, like, silly if you think about it, because, like, we also get, get you know the money that you guys donate to us so we're weirdly donating to ourselves i try not to think about it but we donate to the maximum fund network because like we are we think we think what is happening at the maximum fund network is radical um i i listen to like three or four maximum fund podcasts because i think they're great and i think the ethos of the network is is really terrific so you can like become a part of that become a supporter of that feel some ownership over over the network too just go to maximumfund.org donate you can find out all the details and stuff there so here's the thing Wait, I want to hear the question. What's the official oh. question first about... Why is it, Travis it, such a liar? Okay, here's a question. Uh, this comes from Clay. <laughs> How much of the dice rolling gets edited out? The pace of the podcast makes D&D seem fun, not a bunch of cumbersome rules and rolling like I remember, which we addressed a few minutes ago. But but I think this might be a nice way to segue into Travis's skills at dice rolling. Okay, so here's the thing. Travis is great at rolling that. He's just really well, good. Since okay. he was a child, he was just like rolling them bones, just like six, that's a six, that's a six, that's a six. I'm awesome. Hear me out. One, one of the keys, we always joke about like being really good at D&D, but one of the keys is know the strength of your characters. What are you like trained in? What are you proficient in? And then do that, and it's a lot easier to have successful roles. Two, as a fighter in fifth edition, you get like plus seven Eight, bonus. Yeah, Tra- Magnus is what we like to call min-maxed. Uh, in yeah. D&D terms, which means that he is very, very, very good at a few things and very, very, very bad 
add yeah, a lot. Yeah, I of don't things. do a lot of intelligence checks. Right, like, if I, if I, I, I haven't really introduced many, like, psychic characters who can, like, fucking mind flayers that get deep in that dumb and make you do things you don't want to do. They if I did that to Magnus, Magnus, that would be a guaranteed death, like, 100%, like, that's, so there's things that, like, I feel like your charisma's probably not great, your intelligence is probably not great, wisdom isn't probably great, I don't mean to slam you right now. No, no, that, I mean, you're right, like, I've poured a lot into dexterity, um, into, uh, strength and into like constitution, but like yeah. my, my wisdom and intelligence are like super duper low. Yeah, so a so, lot like, of it is that's just, two, yeah. and then three. I will say that maybe one in thirty, I will fudge slightly. You're fired, but you're, only you are banned. You're banned from the game. Only on cheater. Skill. This whole thing was a sting operation. Cheats McGeats. Get there's the door. <laughs> Take your dice with you. Only on skill checks, and only so we don't have to like keep trying because like. Okay, we need to like jump over a pit. Like that's it's clearly what we need to do and we only have an hour to like tell a story. It's not interesting to listen to me like attempt to jump over a pit six Cheats. times. McGee's. You know what I mean? Cheats. That's that I will say that that is the one and only time that if I'm like off by one, do you hear? I'll say like 15 instead of 14. Do you hear the sirens? And if I can door? if I can part the burrito just a little bit yep. to point out something. Point number 4 of the three of us rolling Justin and I are together for this recording, so we have witnesses. We can yeah. keep each other. Yeah, straight. but also like, I, and Travis is like by winning himself. a gold medal. Like, what's yeah. what's the point? Like, I'm not trying to cheat to so, win D and D. The thing like, that I Travis, wish we could do. I watched you grow up. I watched. I played Clue with you. I, I played wish- Clue with you too. One round, old man. Yeah, this How guy just do it. This fucking dude. <laughs> How did you fucking do it? He's away at me. We were on vacation in a hotel somewhere. I forget where we were. And we played Clue and dad got it first round. I don't know how. I mean, cheating probably, but. I didn't cheat. I learned it from watching you, dad. Don't accuse dad of cheating. I am the patriarch. I'll I'll fucking re-roll every once in a while. This is a comedy podcast we're doing, folks. (laughs) Not a. <laughs> not the not the uh, fucking Olympics. Um, like, it, where it's a comedy podcast. I'm not juicing. I'm trying to keep it good, fun, and flowing for you. The one the one thing I wish we could do, and like the one thing I think would be great about playing in like a virtual environment. I like, don't make right, up rolls, by the way. Huh? Whole cloth. I don't make up rolls. Yeah. Whole cloth. It's just yeah. like if something is about to happen that would be particularly funny. Like I'll sneak another roll in to see if we can make it happen because yeah. that would be better to listen um, to than can, like we can you, do that and then you don't. What? We can do that? Dad, I've literally lied about your roles to the microphone for you because you couldn't. Wow, so this is just fucking rampant then. No, it's This is just rampant. That part is one in 30. If Um, I, if I, but my roles are so shitty. Dad's roles are really shitty. Yeah, he's very bad. Um, So. The thing that I think would be great if we could use, I wish there was a version of like Roll Twenty or Desktop, uh, 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 what's it called, Tabletop Simulator, uh, where I wouldn't want like the game board and all that shit. I just would want us to have a shared environment where we could see each other's dice rolls. And it's not just because I, you know, would want to fact check you guys. It's because I think there's an inherent hilarity and an inherent sort of excitement that comes from everybody seeing the dice that you roll, right? Like, it's that, that yeah. craps mentality yeah, of it being, like, really high stakes, and then when you see a, a, a Travis is, like, doing a desperate last-ditch attack and rolls a 20, an, a, like a nat 20, like, that's thrilling and exciting, and we miss out on that just from Travis saying, uh, that's a nat 20, or from Dad saying, like, oh, that's a critical failure. Like, if Dad rolls a critical failure well, in, in an intense situation, that's funny most of the time, and we miss and out on surprising. that. And not surprising. And not surprising. And I would never fib about 
that kind of thing. Yeah, like, me neither. No, and I'm, and not, not, I'm not even not, talking about. Again, I'm not, not even thinking more like a reroll every once in a while. If it's like, I, if I get like a one, I'm gonna get my ass handed to me. Like I'll fight. I'll yeah, oh, you'll that. own that. Sounds great. But I'm, I'm less talking about fact checking. I'm more talking about like there is an excitement about this game from watching other people do what they do, and we don't get that here. Um, which is like, I, see, I actually disagree with you on this point, Griffin, because mm. I think that if we could all see the dice rolls, there would be we would be about fifty fifty on whether or not we said what the roll was out loud. If we remembered to actually do that i think the 50 like i think by and large we would just forget and be like oh shit i can't believe it and then yeah. move on and forget to say what all right then let me be perfectly honest right trav hold Sorry. on let me be perfectly honest i have lied about most of my roles because they're usually really really good okay yeah. and i lie about them being bad just for the comedy <laughs> yeah just to keep it kind perfect of 20 perfect 20 perfect 20, uh, yeah, to, 20 yeah. to answer like how much of the game process i edit out like uh uh I, a fair amount. Like, I don't edit out, like, when you guys do, you guys so rarely, how many fucking perception checks have you guys done? And, like, when I play d and I'm just, you heard it in the bonus episode. Every time we walked around, I'd be like, perception check, I'm not going to walk into a fucking bear trap, perception check, perception Like, you guys, you well, guys but, don't but, execute the game rules very often, so when you do, those precious few times when you do, I don't, I typically don't edit them out wholesale. Um, I'll, I will edit out, like, Rule checkups and math breaks, which are and humiliatingly Coke long. Zero. And that's well, no, I left that in the show because he needed to be taught a lesson. <laughs> well, that that's an excellent point. All right, I got another question, and this is one that that we get asked a lot. Uh, this comes from Andrew, actually, a, yeah, Andrew, who said, "When can we expect a Barry Blue Jeans themed dungeon explaining his dark and mysterious past?" It could aptly be named Barry Blue Jeans Origins. You've really thought about this, Andrew. Or Barry Blue Jeans Awakening. And I, Barry Blue Jeans is one of the characters that has kind of Who was in the on. show for about 35 seconds. He was seconds. in the show for about as long as Yemek, the the god the Gerblin usurper was. And nobody's nobody's fucking throwing parades for old Yemek. Everybody's crazy for Barry Blue Jeans, which I get. Uh, I think I Barry Blue Jeans actually, uh, for me, represents the moment where we kind of all collectively broke from that's a D&D good point. Proper, yeah. where you I were do. like naming these His like name was weird fake characters. Sil- Sildar Sildar Hallwinter, I think, is what and the you were like, you know what? I can just call him whatever the fuck I want. How about Barry Blue can Jeans? Can I can I tell you guys where the? Do you guys know the origins of the name Barry? I Blue have Jeans? an idea. I, I know I do. where it is. Yeah, is that, it from Michael Ian Black in the state? No, no, no. It's, uh, for Viva Variety. Huh? Viva Variety. Well, but he also played the same character on the state. Oh, Wait. was he on the state too? Um, no, that's not where he's from. That's not where the name is from. Uh, really? I always assumed it was I Johnny did too. No. Uh, it is from... Uh, there is... I, I got, I'm going to have trouble remembering the circumstances. There is a public library in Barbersville... Um, that our good friends, the Minskers, uh, I believe Chuck did a video thing to sort of promote the library, and it was like a mystery that took place in the library. Oh, my God. Do you remember yes. this, Chad? And I do. And it uh, it featured many of my friends uh, from, from the theater we were doing, including my, my best bud, Evan Minsker, who played a character, I believe, was the janitor at the library, who he named Barry Blue Jeans, which I thought was the funniest thing I had ever heard in my entire life. 
See, nice. folks, we don't plan this yeah, out. I we have know. no idea. Where just, I never knew that's yeah, where it came from. I really thought you're going with the Michael Ian and Black then, character. Uh, every time I play like an MMORPG to like preview at events like E3 and PAX and GDC, uh, and it's being led by like one of the developers or a representative, I guess to antagonize them, when I make a character for those led demonstrations, 100% of the time I name that character Barry Blue Jeans. Just to let them oh, know, like, I'll take awesome. your gitless, I'll write about your game, but I don't have to take this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so yes that is the origin of the name barry blue jeans and i guess i think you're right travis i think that's probably why people like it like why he is yeah. cemented is because that was the point in the game where we're like all right this is how seriously we're going to take this yeah um but yeah uh rip, rip but, but that doesn't answer the question Do, would we ever bring him back he's dead as fuck like i don't know how many times i have to say it barry blue he's jeans super dead barry blue jeans soul has left his body he is no longer he is he is gone he's gone so he's dead uh, so as long as you're DMing, he's gone. As long as we're talking about, like, the classic days, I have written out, and I don't know if you, you guys actually think this would be good radio or not, uh, but I spent this morning writing out basically a full rundown, a full recap of the show so far. Holy moly. Okay, do it. Can um, we close with that? Is that our closer? We could close with that. I, do, I, I don't know if people would be interested in hearing that. I figure, like, it may be well, a good... Well, that way, if we close with it, then we give them, like, they could just skip it, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll save it for the end of the show, but I have a full recap here that I wrote down. So here are some fan questions. Let me throw this one out. Holy shit, is the void fish the eater of everything? No. Okay. I, I, wanna, is- I wanted to get ahead of that. Like, I, I don't want to drop any big spoilerinos here, but I feel like the one of the problems is I have these micro arcs, right? Like the the murder on the Rockport Limited. That was a micro. That was an arc. That was like one part of the storyline. And there's stuff that happens in there that affects the broader campaign. And I feel like, um, and maybe there's a storytelling fault, um, but just like looking at sort of the theories that are boiling up in, in on Twitter and on Reddit, um, a lot of people are like kind of confusing the two. Um and like I think there's, I yeah, this, it's not. That's not. That is not that. Okay, I love this one. Do you have any tips on creating items for the fantasy Costco? How should I walk the line between truly useful and overpowered? When the show first came out, Griffin talked about user submitted quests and dungeons. Has that idea been phased out? No, at least not when it came to the items. The um, item, the items, definitely the dungeons and quests, like. I just can't. Like, I just can't. It's fold just so hard that. to work those into the story arc. Yeah, Un- unless I had an idea for like how we could do that as like one-off stuff. But I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. the The items though, like, just don't send in anything that's like a sword that does a billion damage, or don't send in something that's like. I mean, if you want to send it in as a goof, like I'll read it and laugh. Um, things that are like referential of like my brother, my brother, and me jokes and stuff like that. Like I like that. I, I like reading that stuff, but it's just not going to make it in the show because the the items I like are things that provide interesting utility. Especially like, the ones I like the most and the ones I'm most likely to buy are the ones that seemed seem very geared towards how we play our character. So like Phantom Fist is yeah, a great example perfect. of like yeah, that's something that Magnus but would own. I like the things that provide utility outside of the normal sort of loops of the game. Stuff like, my probably my favorite item that's ever been su- submitted is the pocket spa. I love this idea of just like, from a storytelling perspective, but also like from a mechanical perspective, you have a private, you have a secret room. That I think that came out of, there's a uh, item called a uh, like mobile fortress or something like that, and it's a literal fortress that you press a button on it, and it folds up into like the size of a credit card that you can put in your pocket. My, my favorite's been my favorite's been nitpicker. Nitpicker's yeah, really great. great the, the, I mean, the shield of memories is also like the shield of memories is so great because one incredibly well detailed and created. Two, 
it's something that I really needed, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, I think I think something that has a cool gameplay construction is probably more valuable than, like, a joke. Right. But just remember that, like, the thing about Nitpicker and the thing about the shield, they're elegant ideas that can be expressed really simply. And I think that that's the, like, that's kind of the hook for those that do, make those work. Do so you guys, well. I feel like you guys forget a lot of the time other stuff that you have. Um, I, feel, <laughs> I feel, well, no, I'm being, I'm being serious here because, like, um, when Justin busted out the rod of switcheroo, the the wand of switcheroo to win the race at the end of yeah. Pedals to the Metal, I was like, I can't, like, I was in disbelief that you remembered that you had that. Um, and you have stuff like the immovable rod that you bought in the last one, which I think has all kinds of cool implications. Like, do you get, do you guys actually keep track of that? Oh, stuff I, st- I did forget about that one. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, I, a- I do. I have I very detailed notes and character sheets and stuff, but it also just comes down to, like, I'll have a really funny idea. Like, for example, I have the, the tankard, the one that, like, makes booze super strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that just hasn't organically come up. Sure. Like, I don't know when I would use that. Or, like, the lens of straight creeping that lets me, like, see where people have gone but like yeah. it just hasn't organically come up yet. But oh, and- I've got it so that like when something happens, I can be like, oh, this is the perfect time to use this. And as long as we're like talking about it, like I, I, I think part of the um part of the reason that the wand occurred in that in that particular sequence, and one of the reasons I like that arc so much is that I feel like by the nature of our show, there are sections of it and sometimes like parts of arcs that don't seem like the, that we don't seem to have a lot of agency. Yeah, sure. And like, and I, and I this, think this last, like, this last episode, like we talked about this, like after we were done recording, but there are some episodes that are just like, uh, they are extremely narrative heavy, like extremely narrative heavy. This last episode unfurls some shit that is going to affect, uh, it sort of sets the tone for this arc. Yeah. But it also like sets the stage for literally the rest of this campaign through the end of, this this storyline and it's stuff that like i just kind of had to get out there and it's really again we talk about butting heads like it's really tricky to also give you guys agency in situations can i can i say my favorite moment out of the adventure zone so far out of Mm. playing it i i I loved pedals to the metal i loved the 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 concept of it my favorite moment was when the three of us were in captain captain bane's office and he handed out drinks, and there was no editing in this. That we, the three of us, did not discuss it. We all independently decided that we weren't going to drink the drink. Yeah, and it was it like I'm not even joking when like I got chills in the moment because it was this very like, you know, like simpatico moment of picturing this scene and not trusting what was going on. And I think what was really great about that is it didn't come out of roles. You weren't doing. You could have done. This this is that that scene. I haven't really thought of it this way, Travis, but it's per, it's a perfect sort of, uh, like it's a perfect little capsule of what this show is. Yeah, which is you guys. Did, you could have rolled an insight check, Merle. You could have used that that earring that you bought in that first arc that gives you advantage on insight checks to do an insight check on this dude to see if he's on the level offering you these drinks. You could have done an investigation check. You could have done a nature check to see if, like, you could identify the poison. And the, You didn't do any of that. We just talked. Like, I was doing a character, and you guys were doing your characters, and we just talked. And in that conversation, you came to the decision not to not Well, to I think you also got a, a, a very strong, to give credit where credit's due, it's a good example of, um, like, 
storytelling yeah. by implication. Like, why? Like, we've seen enough books and movies. Like, why is this guy trying to get us to drink something? Like, yeah. and, and and honestly, that attitude gets us into trouble with this show. Yeah, it, uh, yeah you can't, you can't <laughs> like, chalk that up to like, that because, like, literally every other time that I've set a trap, you fucking fell into it. I, I like... I I, tr- I keep the kid gloves on a little bit because I don't want you guys to die because I feel like from a storytelling perspective, that's just not interesting. Uh, but like, I, this might be rough for you to hear, Dad. Merle didn't need to lose his hand. Like, I was fully, I was 50-50 on whether or not you would grab that crystal. I was literally, I literally did not know which way that was going to break. Um, Good. So I'm like, glad you didn't know. You guys all realizing not to do that was like, that was really powerful for me. Because here's the thing, frankly... I play Magnus in such a way that I'm perfectly willing to accept the fact that he will probably die. Like I, I, I am not protective of Magnus because I don't, I don't feel that that's a good way to play a fighter whose main characteristic is that he rushes into. Yeah, shit. sure. Yeah. So, but like, there was something in that moment that it was just like, yeah, like I think we're all on the same page, not in the same room. Like we're not like side eyeing each other and kind of going, "I don't trust it." Like yeah. we all just kind of went, "Like, yeah, no, we're not going to do this." Okay, that kind of ties in, and we have to honor Drew Davenport. Yeah, yeah. sure. Drew Drew sent this in. He says, after the grand relic storyline ends, what changes can the listeners expect? You know, you were just talking about um, Magnus dying. Will yeah. you guys re-roll characters? Switch who DMs or add new players. We've talked, so we've talked a little bit because the this storyline has has an end, and that might be like I don't know if we've talked about that. That might be that might be rough for folks to hear, but there's a, there's there's an end to to what we're doing in this universe, and I don't know if there's like a, a potential for a sequel or whatever. But I mean, we've talked about. I mean, Travis has now. We have the Adventure Zone Knights. Like, we have another story that we can transition to. What we talked about that I was really excited about is each of us doing pilots, essentially, for our own thing, where we would do, like, a couple of episodes, and we would take turns DMing, coming up with our own worlds and stories and characters and shit, and then just doing a straight up-and-down vote for what people wanted us to do for the second season, I guess, I mean, if you want to call it I've already got an idea about mine. Yeah. That's for real. I want to do a. I want to do a superhero one. And then, I'm, see, gonna that's, try, I'm gonna try. to make mine a whole shit because there's no way I'm DMing. <laughs> no, I'd, but see, that's that's that. exactly why I want you to. Like, I want to hear what you would turn out. I think we all gotta do it. Like, we can't. Like, I don't think you want to hear what I would. Turn. No, I absolutely <laughs> do. If yours is like we're in a fucking clown college, and like I want to hear that. I want to hear. Like, I think that's well, really neat. No, it, it would be me, well, me looking me. around my office, like, and um, and then the, a big Bioshock poster comes over <laughs> to you, and he's like, "What the guitar is going on here?" And the the picture of Charlie. Gale comes to life. Yeah, and then uh, my Abraham Lincoln bus is like, I've got monsters in my pocket too. Uh, well, let me say this: if you're listening to this and you're like, "But I don't ever want this to end," you trust me, you do. It would hit a point where we wouldn't have new ideas for what Magnus and Taco and Merle would get up to, and it would get stale. And like, and it, yeah, it's not going to be. If you really, it, really, really, really don't want it to end, I mean, if the money's right. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> no, you then yeah. no, you're not going to fucking George R. R. Martin. We won't. Me. We won't end the adventure zone. It'll just no, and change. we won't and we won't kill off the Dowager. It's okay. It's, that's fine. I might kill off Magnus. I'm not above what, letting Magnus die. What, what gives me a lot of hope, though, is like. The, the the adventures of nights went really well. I feel like like yeah. I I I I think any of us would be capable of doing this, and and it's still going to be the four of us. 
So like, no matter what, we're going to, you know, it'll still be the same. I think there's like a tone that sort of pervades our show as it is now that would be, that would exist in it. No matter what world we were doing, like if I did, if, if we did like a, I want to do like a persona style, like teen mystery, like, but I think we would still do, I think we'd still have, it would still very much be like the adventure zone in it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I, I think, I think there's just no way that we could keep this thing going in perpetuity because that would, that would, whatever ending that would have would be disappointing. Like I, I, and it's not going to be anytime soon. It's probably going to take us like, it's going to take us a while. We're, we're probably close to the halfway point of what I've got written down now, but I have no idea how long these things take. Um, the crystal kingdom mark has already gone like a couple episodes longer there, or it's going to end up going a couple episodes longer than I thought it was going to take. Um, so yeah, there, there will be an ending. We've talked about how to, how to get past it. And let's talk about the max fun drive though. Okay. Um, let's talk about those levels that are up there. Obviously, $5 a month, you get access to all the bonus content, the art, the, the National Treasure Book of Secrets of content. Uh, at $10, you get the show-exclusive bandanas, which look really great. $20 and a the, month. And the bonus content. And the bonus content. $20 a month, you get the Maximum Fun Adventure Necessity Collection, which includes a, uh, a multi-tool, uh, toilet paper, a badge, uh, basically camping supplies. You also get the bandana. You also get the bonus content. $35, you get the thermos and all the other stuff that we've talked about already. What if you want to go bonkers, Dad? What if you want to go like... What if you want to go zany? With like a hundred dollars? Like a hundo a month? Oh my gosh, Griffin! I mean, we're not made of money. Well, we're not donating, you silly boy. A hundred dollars a month, and if you do that, you have membership in the inner circle. That is our monthly culture club, and I think you three guys know exactly what that means. <laughs> Yeah, so let me break that down for you. Basically, <laughs> along with all the other reward levels you get, you also will once a month get some form of media or some kind of cultural thing picked out for you by a Max Fun host. It could be exactly. A book, it could be a movie. It could be music. It could be some other cultural media. But you're going to get that um, once a month. Every last month. time, last time uh, we did it for my brother, my brother, and me, we picked the album "Music Evolution" by everyone's favorite funk rap uh, jazz fusion band, Buckshot La Funk, and it was awesome. And you're welcome. Uh, but you're going to get that along with all the other stuff. And at two hundred dollars a month, which may seem like a lot, but let me first say that's a lot of support, um, that, and it got, goes hey, a gang, long that, way. That's just like seventy cappuccinos. Just like 70 cappuccinos a month. It could really add some years to your life to stop drinking so many cappuccinos. But along with all that other awesome stuff, you're also going to get free registration for Max Fun Con 2017. And believe me when I say it's totally worth it. Max Fun Con is the most fun an adult can have in this yes. world. Like we, but those are, those are legally. Yes, those Legally. are pretty, those are pretty high levels. We're, we're not expecting everybody to chip in a hundred bucks a month. That's, 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 uh, that's unreasonable just like if you if you like the show and you want to support us you know five five bucks a month is fine ten bucks a month is fine like we we the the support we get like the financial support it's great it's allowed us to do more stuff with podcasting than i ever thought we would ever do like when we did two tours last year for my for my bim bam like that's i in my in my wildest dreams i never would have expected that would be the trajectory that our life would take um, but it has because of, because of this support. So like the, the, the gifts and stuff are great. The, the, the money that we get to help us like expand and do more stuff is great, but really it's just like the, the support that we get for doing these shows and the, just sort of the symbol of you guys 
showing like this is this stuff that you're making is stuff that we like and we want you to do more of it. That's that's what means the absolute world to me. There's a couple more things that I want to make sure everyone knows about. One, we have challenge donors. So no matter how much you donate or at what level, there are donors who are committed to giving a little bit here and there for every new and upgrading donation. Um, And also, I want to say that our goal of 5,000 new and upgrading donors will not only um, help us, will not only ensure that we do more Adventure Zone nights, but after last year, where I had a new My Brother, My Brother and Me tattoo designed because we hit our goal, I'm now You're having... Not. I've got a Dungeons & Dragons uh, design in the works that if we break that 5,000, yeah, I will Adventure get... Adventure Zone design? You mean Adventure Zone? Yes. It is it is Adventure Zone specific. Um, You're going to get fucking... I will get, get if we break 5,000 donors. You're going to get a tattoo of Drizzt's face on your butt. Exactly. I also... what Griffin, what's the deal with the Toast to Max fun again? Uh, if you tweet about, if you tweet the link maximumfund.org slash donate uh, to your friends, uh, if, you know, if you if times are tight and you can't donate, we totally, totally understand. If you just like spread the word about the Max Fund drive, it means a lot. Uh, and if you do that while using the hashtag toast to Max Fund, you'll be entered into a drawing for John Hodgman's favorite Breville product, which we're assuming is a toaster. And but I guess we, it's a. But dope, we don't know. It must be a dope ass toaster if Hodgman's a fan of it. Um, and one other thing that I want to talk about that's kind of adjacent, a uh, Max Fun Drive adjacent, is uh, Max Fun Meetup Day. It's Tuesday, March 22nd at 7 p.m., whatever your local time is. Go to maximumfund.org slash meetups. People are organizing uh, Max Fun community meetups all across the country. Uh, you can go to that website and you can find out like if one's happening in your city. If not, you can email Stacy, uh, that's S T A C E Y, at maximumfund.org, and uh, set one up and they'll add it to the page, which is again, maximumfund.org slash meetups. Um, so okay, out of, wait a minute, out of continuity, just for a second, uh, because I thought about this since last year. Um, Trav, would it take away from your tattoo, or would it up the ante and add to the tattoo if I agreed to do it too? No, no, no! Come on, what? Why? Getting, my tattoo is very specific to me. It's a okay. <laughs> That's really good. You should, that should be that should be a. <laughs> That's fucking great. I'm serious about this. You want a testament to your failure on your body. <laughs> yeah, I do. Well, okay, let's not commit. Okay. okay. You don't have to commit well, to what the design is. But dad will also get... We're talking about two tattoos. <laughs> if we hit 5G, 5K. I'll do it. If we hit 5K, new and upgrading donors, me and dad will get Adventure Zone tattoos. Oh my yes. God, I love it. Um, I will. I ha- okay, so I have one question, and then I think we should uh, each ask a question. And I'll, um, I I will like I'll up the ante even more. Yeah, I'll cash those checks. Dirty money, twenty six. Well, and you'll probably have to drive me back from the tattoo because you know I get that thing about blood. Yeah. yeah. Um, but real just, quick, Justin and I are just gonna go if we get five Gs, just spending spree. Live crack, fast, die young, bad checks. girls do it well. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Now you're on a check. Like a Griffin, Mark wants to know, and I'm very curious about this. Will yep. you? Would you ever consider one-off guests to do NPC voice work? No, I just can't figure out how it works. It's hard. It's hard enough, like just modulating my own shit and like editing that in in post is rough. Like I don't. It would also like be weird because they get it's they wouldn't be having a conversation with you, right? Would I have to tell them what to say? Does it like it's just? It would have had to be something like I mean, like some. I I'm glad you did it the way you did it, but like. 
if we had gotten somebody to do the Crystal Kingdom songs, yeah. something like that. Something non-discussion like, based, something that's just like I, a broadcast. I actually have an idea for it in okay. Adventure Zone Nights that okay. I'm really looking forward to implementing. I don't I want very, to give it away I, now. I but. briefly thought about reaching out to Hodgman to do the Hodgepodge voice, since that's who he was based on. But then uh, you would have to a, do it like with us, because... Yeah, it's not. Yeah, because he's answering well, What questions. if we did a live podcast in New York and got your little play buddy... To, to be on it and play an NPC. What, what, you the, mean Lynn? Um, you mean Arthur Miller? Dad has been dead for 30 years. <laughs> I had really, that was it. I thought if he took some scenes from All My Sons, yeah. it would be so appropriate. Exactly. But, okay, um, fine. Stand in the way of another idea. I want to do this recap, but before we do that, we've talked about like questions from everybody else. Do you guys have questions about the campaign, things you're still confused about that you want to ask about? Keeping in mind that I'm not going to reveal any like big spoilerinos or, or anything like that. I, I have one, Griffey. Hit me. Have we, ha, has there been a point so far where you were like really super laying out some kind of clue that our characters were supposed to pick up that we just <laughs> breezed right over that you were like, ah, oh, damn it, you guys. And don't say red barrels. Yeah, no, don't I say mean, red barrels. I mean, like, story arc-wise, like, we were supposed to put together that the red cloaks were such and such. There have been a couple, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not, like, bad that you missed them or whatever, because it's like, I think that... Uh, nobody's gotten it right. Like looking at the 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 Reddit or the Twitter or whatever. Like people guessing at sort of the um the 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 whole storyline because like I think it's impossible. Like there's there's pieces missing that you're not going to get uh, for for a little bit still. Um, there's some people who are like kind of getting a little bit close, like to sort of the the shape of the thing. Uh, but yeah, there have been things that have been said that really, to be completely frank, I'm mostly putting down so that whenever uh, the thing is revealed, there's at least some groundwork being laid for it. But it's it's I I I think you would have to be pretty man, I, I like obsessed with the thing in order to sort of put the pieces together because there have been clues like I've I, there have been clues about the whole the whole campaign arc in each arc. To answer your question, you've I feel like you've gotten some of them. Um, some of them you, you probably just, just, you know, I tell you what I really struggle with is I think that like, I would be better at, at, at this and the show would be better if I like went back and listened to it from the beginning. I just like, can't, it's just well, like an exercise and ego. I'm about that I to, cannot indulge. yeah, I'm also about to do a full recap, which might help a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I do that all the time. I listen back to them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, well, I only listen to my parts. Uh, yeah. So that only oh, so much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Dad and yeah, you guys keep talking about some other podcast. Bullshit, you do? bullshit, bullshit. My part. What are bullshit, those? Bullshit, <laughs> uh, Dad and Juicy, you guys have any questions? I actually have one. Okay. Was there something in your upbringing yeah. as the third child? whose every birthday was ruined or a disaster that makes you take out all this anger and animosity on poor Merle. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me that during this arc. There's a, there's like gang. There's are a, you working through some stuff? No, there's, but there's like a re there's like a story reason why you are the person being harangued. It's not just like, I'm not just picking on your character. That would be petty and little. There is a, there is a, story reason why your character's being harassed the most in this in this particular arc well and but you're also pretty strident about the rules yeah uh, oh please pretty hard on i have me let you get that. away with so much fudging i don't want to hear it you're <laughs> you, fucking you, you fudging you're the, you're the fucking cheesecake factory you are a you are a like tourist trap strip mall and pigeon forge just fudge 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 all over the fucking place i can i can live with that 
What about you, Juice? You got a question for him? Yeah, on on um, like my brother, my brother, and me, which was the first podcast the three of us did together. It is very much a show that is built around like it's an improvisational comedy show. So like we're we're creating structure and like destroying structure like as we do the thing, like right. constantly sort of like throwing shit away the instant that it stops like being funny or worthwhile. Yes. Um, in, in the course of like doing it, is it hard to, um, is it hard when, when the four of us are recording and you've got like something of a Bible that you're working off of or, or, or a plan at least in your head? I have a text like, document called plot Bible in, in my phone. Okay. If it, is it hard to like resist the impulse to not just like throw a pipe bomb in it from time to time, just like, or to like throw shit out in the moment? Because it it feels right, like from a storytelling. Is it hard? Basically, I'm saying to like have something that you are beholden to, right. other than the exact moment. I of can like think. Recording. I can think of a couple of times where I thought he had done that. I don't want to say what they are. Yeah. But. Well, what's what's great is, and it's been really really helpful, and it really unlocked the writing of this show for me. And I mentioned it earlier: is this idea of having a macro story and a micro story. And adhering to the macro story and letting you guys do whatever the fuck you want in the micro story. I, I would say, you guys, any adjustments that you have made to the like grand campaign, like the whole thing from start to finish, have been not you making a decision that has gone against my plan. It has been more you guys suggesting a characteristic or referencing something that I then think, oh, that's fucking great. I'm going to add that to the thing. So it's not it's, – you, you guys have done – very, very little to destroy or even disrupt the whole campaign. You have, if anything, added to and enhanced it. And this, the, the, the whole story, when it's finished, will only be what it is because of the things that you guys have suggested. And uh, to fully part the kimono, things that other people have suggested, too. Well, um, Griffin, that, they, that actually the, leads to a question we got a lot, just real quick. People yeah. have asked, when this is all done, would you think of ever, like, releasing this it, it, I don't, stuff I don't, people got to reference? I don't think it would be... No, I don't think it would work, because it's not like a campaign book. It's not like the fucking, like, Curse of Strahd, like... Based on what your characters do, do the, it's a story. Like, it's a story. I have it written down like a book, and when you guys change it, I rewrite the book. But at the end of it, it's still a book. It's not a. It's not a. It's uh, an adventure guide. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, like, I, I also do a lot of fudging in terms of, like, character stats. Like, the so Curse of Strahd, just to keep using that example, uh, there's, like, a monster entry for the main boss of the, of the thing, and it's, like, two pages long, and it breaks down, like, all of his stats and, like, his saving roles and, like, his characteristics and his specialties and his abilities and his spells, and, but I don't do that for fucking anybody. So, like, I feel like there would be some pretty ginormo gaps. Well, um, and there are also other media... Yeah, sure. I mean, There's, people adapt stories into other media abso- all the Absolutely. Time. But to, to get back to the original question, the macro story, you guys haven't changed at all. But what's really helpful about the way I structure it is the micro story, you guys can go hog wild. The, the, uh, I mean, already, like, the, the Crystal Kingdom thing has gone sort of a different way than I originally intended, which is perfectly fine because I think it's a better way. The mystery that you guys solved, which that was the hardest thing of all, writing a mystery and then trying to get you guys to solve it. I was really worried that... You mean you, in the train one? In the train mystery, yeah. I was worried that you guys wouldn't, like, just wouldn't get to it. Like, and it's not, it's not, I'm not calling you dumb. I'm saying, like, I wrote the thing and I had no idea how easy or difficult it would be to solve. I complete. I well, think you, I bet my can't eyes... You can't hint to it at all. Like, you can't point, or, like, you can't even nudge us towards it. Right, because I, I, yeah. I think my eyes were maybe a little bit... I, I, I think I maybe overreached a bit. I'm happy the way it turned out, but, like, 
I think the mystery was maybe a little too too difficult. I think it was a little well, too especially since we don't have like an investigative like rogue character, yeah. whose job it is to like solve puzzles and, that's and study why, that's, shit. We don't I, play it that way. I introduced Angus as a surrogate for that stuff, who could like help you out if you needed it, and he certainly did from time to time. But when I think it was Justin finally kind of cracked the case. Yeah, I, let's I, never forget. It was a big sigh of relief for me. So, but like, thing you guys have done things that I've taken entire the Crystal Kingdom plot bible, just this plot bible, just for this one arc is a, has is about fourteen thousand words now. It's it's gotten ridiculously <laughs> long. But I will I will delete pages of shit. I will highlight all delete like entire entire fight there was a fight that was supposed to take place on top of the train trap that you just blew right by oh man i know it's gonna be sick as fuck let's circle back bonus episode (laughs) yeah um so but that's what i'm talking about and and it's helpful i don't know if it's helpful for gms and usually in in a broader sense or just for this particular storytelling type of thing we're doing but preserve the macro keep the keep the big campaign going and preserve it and defend it as much as you can change it and add it if you think you have ideas that are better but but try to protect that macro storyline as much as you can but while while allowing your heroes to like just go hog wild on the on the micro level okay let me be a dad just real quick before we get to the summation of everything else let me just tell you and and I know the other guys and Travis has got a taste of it. Travis did a great job on uh, on uh, Adventure Zone Nights, whatever we're going to call it. Adventure Zone Nights! Uh, I get, Griffin, you really have knocked it out of the park when it comes to DMing this. I think you've raised the bar. You've set the mark really high for us when Travis and I do it. Um, and Justin. Justin. Justin's never going to do <laughs> it. Yeah, they're going to uh, But seriously, uh, the work you put in is uh, is really obvious in in the show and the, and, and I think the work you put in to us yeah and it adds to the I think it adds to that flexibility that it is able to be that kind of story yeah I, I appreciate that it's like it's and, and Travis I'm sure you feel this way now too about Adventure Zone Nights it's like it's terrifying putting it together it's really scary because yeah. you don't you I, don't I went into it like you were scared not- in a way that I didn't think I could feel about presenting a game because I poured to us to your so family much- members who yeah. you've known your whole lives. Yeah, it's, it's I was wor- I was not worried about people listening. I was worried about how it would play out because I poured all of this work into like building puzzle yeah. dungeon rooms, and I was like, what if they start playing and they either solve it in thirty seconds or they never solve it or they start playing and it doesn't make any sense? Yeah. and like it's <clears throat> fucking scary. But it's it's not just that we also can't get like we can't ignore the fact that we're fucking making up fantasy stuff and that's like there there's a vulnerability there you know what i'm talking yeah. about like when you when you there's a vulnerability an inherent vulnerability in when in role playing even when you're dealing with this literally the the lowest stakes imaginable which is my family like and i don't i like i i have very little shame when talking to and dealing with you guys but even then like it's, it's still really embarrassing but at the same time it is the most fulfilling creatively fulfilling <laughs> thing that i've i've ever done in my whole life it really genuinely is um and justin daddy loves you too yeah i do my best whatever good job all right let's, let's hear the summary all right um step in wherever you want because it's it's uh it's beefy um but well, I then we should probably let you just get through it yeah maybe. yeah let's just um yeah. if, if i forget something that i've left out anyway here it is the, well we won't interrupt you well no please do if you hear something i've forgotten the complete summary of the Adventure Zone saga. Well, it wouldn't be right if we interrupted oh my God. you because you can't. You know that way you won't be able. This to is Dad's favorite joke. Yeah, this is the. Let's it's start with the prequel. Joke. The prequel episode. I don't have very many notes here. It was it to, our heroes met. 
Done. <laughs> that's the prequel episode. Done. That's it. Uh, here, no, I'm just kidding. Here there be Gerblins. Uh, started off with us adhering to the adventure book. The three of you had to uh, prove your salt. Uh, you were hired to transport Gundren Rock Seekers' belongings from Neverwinter to Phandalin. Uh, and uh, he had a ward named Barry Blue Jeans. Uh, en route, you found that they were attacked by Gerblins and abducted. Um, you reached a cave uh, that housed the Gerblins that attacked them, and you met uh, uh, Clark, the bugbear leader of the band, and Yemek, his second in command, uh, and were embroiled in Yemek's short lived plot to overthrow Clark, who in turn just murdered Yemek. Taco charmed Clark, uh, and uh, we learned later, apparently permanently, to learn that Gundren had been kidnapped by a powerful wizard named the Black Spider who wanted to use him to unlock Wave Echo Cave, a source of tremendous power near Phandalin. You rescued Barry Blue Jeans, who told you how to access the cave using Merle, who's Gundren's distant cousin, uh, using Merle's blood. Uh, after fighting through the strange fauna and machinery of Wave Echo Cave, you meet a few interesting in- individuals inside, including Killian, uh, who is an extremely capable orc woman who uh, warned you not to meddle in her own pursuit of the Black Spider. And then you met the spider himself, who's a dark elf named Magic Brian, who you kind of befriended and then summarily killed. Uh, and then the three of you with Killian and a worse for where Gundren Rockseeker entered the vault in the middle of Wave Echo Cave. Uh, uh, not before Taco finds a powerful umbrella-shaped staff on a skeleton wearing a wed- red robe. Uh, inside that vault, you find a gauntlet, which Gundren takes as his birthright, but it grants him a fiery power that he seems incapable of controlling. He flies from the room. You pursue him back to Phandalin, stopping a convoy of orc slavers. Uh, and you free Kurtza, who is a young or- orcish boy who uh, whose campment had been in- destroyed by Gundren. Um, uh, you rescue him from a cage, although he leaves without thanking you. In Phandalin, Barry warns you that Gundren has grown too far- powerful before Gundren, who is now just made of living fire, destroys Barry Blue Jeans. You nearly talk him down from his rage, but Kurtza, in retribution, shoots him with an arrow from outskirts of town. You three and Killian dive into a well at the last second as Gundren goes thermonuclear and Fanlin is reduced to a circle of black glass. Killian explains that she represents an organization designed to stop these things from happening and enlists you after you're able to reclaim the gauntlet uh, without falling prey to its thrall. Killian summons a glass spherical vehicle from the sky, which you ride up to a hole in the moon. And let that. me just jump in now and say, yes, we caught the, the thing with the red... With the uh, umbrella, had a red robe. Thank you, everybody who keeps like tweeting that. Well, okay, but in yeah, their defense, in their defense, you definitely did not remember that. Uh, next arc was moonlighting, where you were introduced to the Bureau of Balance and enlisted. You emerged uh, into a hangar on top of the other side of the moon, which you realize is fake. Uh, you got a wicked headache. You're nauseous for some reason, but you're aided by Avi, the hangar manager, who offers you a stiff drink. Make your way to across the quad of this strange outpost, and Killian puts you on an elevator in the center of the compound, where you meet Johan, a musician that is lamenting that few people planet side will ever know his musical genius. He introduces you to the Void Fish, gigantic jellyfish-shaped uh, organism whose body seems to be filled with flashing streaks of light. It's capable of consuming information and removing that information from the world, save for those who drink its ichor. After inoculating yourselves, you remember years of war and turmoil that you had forgotten, during which nations, tribes, and uh, individuals fought for control over a few powerful magical artifacts. The Bureau Balance's director, a tall older woman carrying a white oak staff who does not reveal her name, uh, explains that there are seven grand relics in the world, which are items of unchecked power created by a band of rogue wizards called the Red Robes. Her organization, the Bureau Balance, finds, recovers, and destroys these relics, which she demonstrates by having her servant, Davenport, a gnome capable of only saying his own name, uh, put the gauntlet, the 
uh, uh, Phoenix Fire Gauntlet, which belongs to the School of Evocation, into a large spherical chamber where it is pierced by beams of light and seemingly destroyed. She offers you jobs with the Bureau as the Reclaimers, which is a sort of rare position uh, dedicated to actually bringing those relics back without falling prey to their thrall, which is something few people can accomplish. After passing an initiation test, you are fitted fitted with bracers of initiation and rewarded tokens to the Fantasy Gashapon, and its operator, the Artificer Leon, shows you how to get goodies out of that. You also uh, are introduced to the Fantasy Costco and its owner, Garfield the Deals Warlock. You level up. Holy shit. That's our You got this. You're doing great. All right. Uh, Murder on the Rockport Limited. A relic's been discovered by the reclaimer Lehman Kessler, who was unfortunately murdered in the town of Rockport after loading his precious cargo onto a train, the Rockport Limited, en route to Neverwinter. You're assigned the job of impersonating Lehman and seeing the train to its destination, at which point you'll be able to retrieve the relic from storage. After a brief detour in a leech-filled swamp outside of Rockport, you make your way into this town of industry, which is apparently home to hundreds of people who look like beloved radio personality Tom Bodette. You board the, tra- <laughs> you board the train after learning a security message. Bl- I still can't believe you planned that, by the way, Griffin. That's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> storytelling uh did you guys know that's on his wikipedia page yeah he actually got asked about it on the show on npr no. yeah uh you <laughs> you board the train after learning its security measures the relic is in the crypt safe in the last car of the train which cannot be opened without an hour of prolonged contact without an uh, from an employee of the train uh you're introduced to your fellow passengers on the journey including hudson the engineer who stays locked in his engine car jenkins the magical attendant who operates the pleasure chambers there's a kind of teleportation magic that can take you to any enclosed room as long as it keeps the door open just the beheader a prize fighter, an all-around badass, Graham the Hedge Wizard, who didn't end up having that many interesting traits, and Angus he McDonald. Was juicy. He was he had, juicy. He had a juicy, juicy. robe. Uh, and Angus McDonald, a precocious boy detective. After meeting them, you're investigated by Angus, who explains that he's on the train in pursuit of a serial killer in Rockport, who seems to be capable of tracking down objects of great wealth and collecting them from their deceased owners. After revealing this, you hear a scream and find a beheaded and behanded Jenkins between cars. Some sort of fiery crab monster destroys the crime scene before you're able to do much CSI work on it. Uh, through a series I know of- you're pretty sad about Jenkins right now, but just hang in there. Uh, Stick with us, folks. For this next sentence, uh, you work through a convoluted mystery to discover the truth. The body was not Jenkins, but the engineer Hudson's, who is spliced... Told you so. Who is spliced between uh, portals by Jenkins' teleportation magic. Magnus uh, does a daring maneuver outside of the train and gets rid of a whole fucking great fight I was going to do back there. Uh, you fight <laughs> uh, Jenkins and throw him off the back of the train, seemingly to his doom. You recover the Grand Relic, which is the Oculus, which allows you to turn illusory images real. And with some quick thinking from Taco, prevent the Runaway Limited from running into Neverwinter, uh, saving Graham, Jess, and Angus in the process. The Ang- uh, Oculus is recovered and destroyed. Uh, then there's a brief lunar interlude where you guys have a harvest festival at the Bureau of Balance. Um, some fun stuff happens, but really the only thing of consequence is you witness an event where the sun eclipses, the sky grows dark, and you see millions of glowing white eyes in the sky. Uh, there's a deafening sound that inca- inca- incapacitates nearly everyone around you. Magnus eats a unicorn dick. Yeah! <sighs> and it was the best part of the whole show. Uh, just a couple everyone more... Everyone agreed the unicorn dick joke was choice. He <laughs> won a Lifetime Achievement Award for <laughs> Very it. Very good. A <laughs> uh, couple more arcs to go. Almost there. Almost through it. Uh, Pedals to the metal. Another grand relic is discovered in the prosperous town of Goldcliff. The Gaia Sash, which gives its owner absolute power over nature. It's in possession of a master criminal named The Raven. You arrive on the scene of a crime in progress and scale the Goldcliff Trust, which is under attack from some giant vines summoned by The Raven. Taco, after blinking into the ethereal plane, you see figures with white eyes seemingly spying on you. After intercepting The Raven on the top floor, you uh, she seems somewhat peaceful and not wanting to harm any of you. She also seems kind of out of control. You're saved by Hurley, a halfling monk and lieutenant, lieutenant in the Goldcliff Militia who seems to have some sort of relationship with The Raven uh, uh, and calls her by her true name, Sloan. The Militia Captain 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 Bane, who's also a seeker in the Bureau of Balance on the secrets, 
on the secret level, uh, tells you to follow up with Hurley for more information. You learn that Hurley and Sloan were teammates in the Battle Wagon Racing League, an underground racing league in Goldcliff where racers duke it out in the desert while wearing animal masks to hide their identities from uh, spectators. Hurley uh, believes beating Sloan in a race would convince her that the power given to her by the Gaius Hash is not infinite and tells you to sneak into the headquarters of a rival racing league to steal the Arcane Core, which she would use to power her battle wagon. You do so, murdering a couple of their members in the process, like Barbara... Uh, and enraging their leader. During that race, you cleverly disable the wagons of your opponents, including the giant shark tank driven by said gang leader, uh, and beat Sloan in a neck-and-neck finish. It's too late, though. The raven is being completely corrupted by the Gaius Ash. Entombed in a tower of living vines and surrounded by a tornado, you crash your battle wagon into Sloan and attempt to free her, but to no avail. She surrounds herself in Silver Point, a poisonous barb with no known remedy, and Hurley throws herself uh, throws the three of you to safety, jumping into the fray. You awaken in the middle of the town. Sloan is holding a severely poisoned, wounded Hurley, and she gives up the Gaius before using it one last time to turn uh, the two women in embrace into a beautiful cherry blossom tree. After debriefing with Captain Captain Bane, he seems to uh, insist that you drink a suspicious cocktail he's whipped up. You wisely refuse and see him taken over by a figure that seems to be a floating red robe. Under his command, Bane drinks his own drink and dies instantly. The figure explains that Sloan, Magic Brian, Jenkins, and Bane all fell prey to a hunger for power that eventually consumes all uh, before he disappears. Uh, another lunar interlude where uh, some developments have happened. You are promoted and selected as the organization's only reclaimers. You get a new sweet dormitory and learn that your prior roommate, Robbie, has been arrested for unknown reasons. Angus, the boy detected, becomes... Is Robbie Pringles? Pringles, yes. Okay. Uh, Angus becomes your sort of personal aide while in the field. Our girl uh, Friday. Your girl Friday, essentially. Um you are given information on Captain Bane and told to feed it to the Voidfish, as it's custom for Bureau of Balance members who die to be forcibly forgotten. During your visit to the Voidfish's chambers, you meet Lucas, a scientist and consultant to the Bureau who seems to want to study the Voidfish back at his lab, which Johan refuses. Their argument is, is interrupted by the Voidfish, who sings a mournful song, which Johan swears he did not teach it. Last one! There's one. also a really nice moment of connection between Magnus and the Voidfish. I just want to, like, they touch the glass. It's, yeah, it's really important. nice, you guys. Yeah, uh, you'll, uh, yeah you guys have a, a nice moment. Uh, and then the Crystal Kingdom arc, which we're on now, it's Candle Nights, which I've kind of forgotten. Um, you're celebrating in your dorm with your friends at the Bureau, giving and receiving presents, including a set of strange badges emblazoned with an unreadable type given by an anonymous donor. The director is contacted by Lucas, who calls her by her real name, Lucretia. He explains that he has a grand relic, the transmutation philosopher, the philosopher's stone, which is belongs to the school of transmutation, uh, but that something in his lab has taken it and used it to turn the exterior of his lab into pink tourmaline. The spell uh, is still being channeled, meaning everything the crystal touches is also turned to crystal. His lab is sinking into the Stillwater Sea, and if it touches it, the world will get crystallized and destroyed. You are sent to his lab with another party in tow, a team of regulators sent to arrest Lucas for his uh, abusive information. That includes boiling a gruff dwarf fighter, Killian, and Carrie Fangbattle, a dragonborn rogue and sister to Jeremy Fangbattle, uh, a bard introduced in the Flophouse Switch episode. The team of regulators is separated during the fierce winter storm. The three of you enter a conservatory, which has been crystallized, and are attacked by a golem, which has self-formed out of the shards of crystal. You escape and hear a song sung by a synthetic voice, um, but you can't quite piece together what is going on there. Um, you might have at this point, but... After besting a few traps, including the the puzzle robot Hodgepodge, uh, you meet Noel, a helpful floating robot powered by a large glowing fuse in the middle of her chassis. 
you find a peculiar mirror in Lucas's private chambers, which show you sights from our world, and find an abandoned bedroom belonging to Lucas's deceased mother, Maureen. You meet a family of bugbears who Clark once belonged to, all of which have behavior modification chips, which make them pretty chill. Uh, and you also find a very dead Boyland who has been crystallized after having a smoke by an open window in the lab. After a few more run-ins with the golem, which seems to only want to attack Merle, you regroup with Killian and Carrie, and Merle is tricked by the golem, who speaks with a man's British accent impersonating Pan, Merle's god. Uh, He entices Merle to grab a crystal, which shatters and pierces his hand. Magnus quickly chops off his arm to stop the crystallization. Heroically, some might Mm -hmm. say, to stop the crystallization from spreading through his whole body. You're whisked into the med bay, where Lucas treats Merle's wounds and gives him a new arm made of soul wood, a living wood with psychic capabilities. He takes you to the Cosmoscope, a room filled with gemstone windows into other planes of existence, which he crafted using the Philosopher's Stone. The room is designed to show, uh, to, to allow the user to study those planes and perhaps see what lies beyond them. The seven of you, uh, including Lucas, Killian, Carrie, and Noel, make your way towards the elevator in the center of the complex, but Killian and uh, Carrie turn on Lucas to arrest him before he can uh, get closer to the relic. The crystal all around you changes forms a few times, and Lucas disables your whole party by activating a trap in your null suits, which is protective outerwear, which has kept you from getting crystallized this whole time. Lying paralyzed on the floor, the golem appears in front of you once more. That's where we're at. And I would like to say that this is usually the point where I pretend I've been out of yeah, the room and didn't for hear not any doing of that. that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, that's all right. I, that's it. That's the story so far. Wow. I don't know if there's stuff in there that you guys f- forgot about, um, but I tried to include everything I could. Um, I haven't done shit in this show. That's not I true. I haven't done anything. That's well, not true. He didn't, like, break down. There's, like, 35 hours of stuff <laughs> that he just did in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. He left out a lot of our awesome antics. We do have antics. We Oh, do we have them? We. Yes, we do. <laughs> and goofs? All right, you- one last mention. MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. If you like our show, if you like other shows on the Maximum Fun uh, network, um, we, we'd ask you to, to visit there and try to kick in what you can every month. Uh, it means the world to us. Again, for just five bucks a month, you're going to get a ton of bonus content, exclusive stuff that you won't find anywhere else. Uh, for ten bucks a month, you can get all that plus a bandana with your favorite show's imagery on it. Those are original designs. Twenty bucks a month, you're going to get the uh, Max Fun Adventure set, and that's got like the paracord bracelet and the hot cocoa and the multi tool. And that even has adventure in the name. Yeah, adventure right in the name. Um, so if you can do that, uh, and thirty five bucks, you get the thermos plus all of that other stuff. Um, and and again, this is for new and upgrading donors. So if you're already at one of those levels and you want the gifts, you're going to have to um, kick in kick in a bit more. So um, and we love our listeners more than all those other guys put together. Yeah, and maybe there. you started listening to some new shows on Maximum Fun this year, so you want to kick in a few more bucks. That'd be awesome. And if um, you maximumfund.org forward slash donate is the address to do that. And if you do become a, a new or upgrading donor, be sure that you tweet at us so we can say thank you. Um, you know, let us know that you did it. Um, and the other thing you can do to help out if you already are a new or upgrading donor and you've done your part, make sure to share the message of Max Fun Drive. Let everyone know that it's going on. You know, be sure to tweet about it. Tell your friends. Talk about it on Facebook. Um, you know, it only goes for two weeks, and we we really just want this one to be the best one yet. And I know we say that every year, but we want it to be the best one yet every year. So help us be a part of Max Fun. Come to the meetups. Um, on, you know, on, on the 22nd, I think there's going to be another live, um, you know, special to end Max Fun Drive on the 25th. So look out for announcements about that. Um, to, hashtag toast to Max Fun to be entered into that drawing. Um, yeah, just help us make this Max Fun Drive epic. Please. 
Um, well put, scraps. Well put. Because uh, I want to get a new tattoo. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's it. We'll have a new episode next week, um, which will be just another regular episode in the Crystal Kingdom thing. But we're also going to be talking about the drive, um, and then uh, oh, back to back to normal, back to basics after that. Um, cool. So until then, thanks for listening to the The Adventure Zone Zone. I think it actually got a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like super uncomfortable. <laughs> that the whole pretty time. much sums up the Adventure Zone, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> thanks, guys. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.